and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about buying games. Of course, we all want to support our friendly local game store, but what if your local store isn't friendly or doesn't have the game you're looking for? Are shipping prices a big issue when buying online? Should you worry about counterfeits from Amazon? If so, when and why should we bur- buy directly from the publishers. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wordsworth, and The Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. My local game store. Also, you can buy from them online at thegiftofgames.com. Also, pretty friendly. And they're pretty friendly. Yeah, I was just (laughs) in there today and picked up a, uh, I think my third or fourth instance of the Path of Carcosa Arkham Horror game. Thing. Well, they came out in a new box. I have a problem. I know that. But we're going to be talking they about buying Get games. out of town. <laughs> they said, go away. Um, if you want to join us for our live recording and get some pre-show, behind-the-scenes, interesting child vomit stories, um, and that's probably not a great selling point, huh? Well, anyway. They, yeah, they hey, if you want to hear about my kids puking, <laughs> join us live. TabletopGameTalk.com slash live. Mondays, 830 Central. Also, you can join our Discord, join our BGA group. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, there's a link in the show notes. Just click and you're in. If you want to join our BGA group, create a BGA account and ping me or Getty19, and we will get you an invite. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 uh, let's talk about the weekend. Fletcher, what did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Oh, man, I don't even know. Uh, it's just kind of all emotion in my brain. Uh, oh, I remember. Uh, I went to a Cubs game on Sunday and went out to dinner to a nice Italian restaurant after that. And then on Saturday, wait. I went to a housewarming party. Okay, wait, wait. You went to a Cubs game on Sunday and then to a nice Italian dinner? Did you do after. the Cubs game wrong? What, what do you mean? Well, you're not supposed to leave a Cubs game and be able to go to a nice Italian dinner. That's it, not... It was a, It was a day game. I still don't think I understand. <laughs> you didn't spend the rest of the day passed out on the red line? I thought that's exactly. how it worked. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> no, Call but the people son. in front of us did try to make a giant, you know, beer snake with the, <laughs> with the cups. I sat in the bleachers. See, they were doing it correctly. <sighs> you probably even knew the score of the game at the end of the of the game, didn't you? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, two, three cubs. Oh, all right. Well, that's... um. We'll have to talk later, but yeah, okay, all right, uh, Kitty. I heard you had a great trip this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, drove nine hours out to Pittsburgh for my cousin's wedding, and that's nine nine, times. nine hours with two kids in the car, um, and that was fun. Uh, we decided to go out a day early because. My son, and this is controversial. I don't know how to say this word. It's either a diplodocus or a diplodocus. You tell me. Vote or in the audience. Dinosaur. I don't know. It, is it it's a what? dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. My son really wanted to see this this dinosaur skeleton, and they have like the most complete the diplodocus that is like the descriptor of the species in Pittsburgh. Mike says uh, that's how you say it. Yeah, so we had a dinosaur book that was one of those ones where you push the buttons and it would say the dinosaur's name. And I was like, how great is this? But it said Diplodocus, (laughs) which is wrong. Yes. And now my kid 
is convinced that that's correct because that's the way the book said it. He's going to be so behind in school. I mean, my four-year-old can name more dinosaurs than (laughs) I knew existed four years ago. So uh, anyway, they have the best and most complete Diplodocus at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History in Pittsburgh. So we got out a day early to go see it. And um, he was his reaction was underwhelming. (laughs) But now I feel like it's finally sunk in. Like in the moment, he was just like, there's like so many dinosaurs. This is so much going on. But now it's like, if you ask him what were his favorite parts of our trip, he really enjoyed seeing the dinosaur skeletons. He also really enjoyed dancing at the wedding. And what was the other thing? Oh, we (laughs) there's this like weird little, um, it like looks like it used to be a vacant lot and they turned it into like, a live music venue with like food trucks and like yard games. And we took the kids there just like we were walking past it on our way to dinner. We were like, Oh great. We'll have the kids come here, run around for a little bit. And they had a bar truck there, which was great. (laughs) So we stopped, had a couple drinks while the kids ran around and played with yard games. And that was his favorite part of the trip was that random thing by our hotel. So yeah, I've come to, realize that bringing children to things that you think they'll enjoy is kind of fruitless, especially oh, at this age. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, apparently, no, no. Uh, um, the pronunciation, it, it's a correct either way. Oh. Interesting. B- both, both pronunciations are accepted. Excellent. That's, that is actually good to know. Um, I still don't know how to say it either way. I say dinosaur because in my world, there's brontosaurus, <laughs> there's tyrannosaurus, <laughs> tyrannosaurus rexes, and there are stegosauruses. And that is it. Those are all the dinosaurs that exist. Three of those you are dinosaurs. You don't want to hear my brontosaurus <laughs> news? <laughs> I don't think I want... Are you going to tell me brontosauruses don't exist like the ninth planet? Pluto and brontosauruses don't exist. Brontosaurus is so confusing because it didn't exist. It was both the brachiosaurus and the apatosaurus something like that i don't know but they were like combined into one dinosaur that was the brontosaurus and they separated them out into their different species however they discovered a new dinosaur that they decided to name the brontosaurus for real i is what i heard science (laughs) you hate science it's always changing I, I was getting nods from Jay up until I said that they named a new dinosaur the Brontosaurus, and he's disagreeing with me. I feel like he's Googling this now, so we'll get a fact check later. Oh, <laughs> not okay. Not okay. Stop teaching us stuff and then changing it. I don't want to know. <laughs> Just teach it to me once, and then that's all I have to remember forever. Yep. All right. Well, that's tabletop dinosaur talk. And um, <laughs> I have you want- so much more dinosaur talk. If you ever want to hear more about dinosaurs, I'll do a whole side chat. We can do an entire episode on dinosaur games and you can just drop little knowledge bombs in there. How's that? I'm down. But that so. means I have to play dinosaur games. Eh, there are some good ones out there. I get enough dinosaurs. I, I have so much dinosaur content in my life these <laughs> days. Well, I think there are some good ones out there. Um, I just can't think of any of them off the top of my head. I have a couple of them, though. So I do want to give a plug to our Discord again. I just created a Next Station London channel in the Discord. Because on Board Game Arena, yes, we've gone almost eight minutes, so I had to mention it. Um, (laughs) You can play... contractually obligated. Yeah, exactly. You can play a solo uh, challenge. So every day there's a different set of cards that comes up and it's always the same set. So you could play it over and over if you really wanted to. Um, 
And so I'm like, huh, this is kind of fun. I'm going to create a channel where we can post scores. So that's what I've done. So come and join our Discord and join Board Game Arena and try out Next Station London because it's quite fun. Although I will say I think I'm also pushing the premium because I think it's a premium game and may require that you have premium in order to start a game of it. Um, I don't know that 100%, but I think it kind of is. But still, it's worth it. Also, our tournaments, we haven't decided on the next tournament yet. I have a strong leaning, but I'm gonna. it's going to be probably a couple of weeks before we kick off the next tournament, and I'll give people plenty of time to know. But if right now the strong leaning is Seven Wonders Duel, and it would be heads up, so you'd be playing against one other person, you play a game of Seven Wonders Duel, you'll probably play, you know, half a dozen different people or half a dozen different games or whatever. But I want to test that out to see how the 1v1 stuff works on Board Game Arena um, before I pull that trigger. And yeah, so if that sounds fun, start brushing up on your Seven Wonders Duel games because it's kind of fun. And the more you get into it, the more it's cutthroat. It's a cutthroat game. Also, I want to give a shout out to Getty. He's been running our tournaments, but um, he's getting busy. So he's not going to run the next one. But um, I just really wanted to say thanks, Getty, for everything you've done, because you are the reason that these tournaments are kicking off and probably the reason that they're going to kick off late for the next one. But um, Courtney did offer to help with the next tournament. So we might have someone to back up and help on that, too. So that is our board game arena tournament news. Again, nothing new starting right now. Probably going to be Seven Wonders Duel. But if it changes, I'll let you know as soon as it does. All right. Um, what else do you got? You guys have any news? Any fun things? Any 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 game-related stuff? Channel-related stuff? Um, I got a copy of Next Station London. A, a real-life paper copy of this game. And I brought it all the way to Pittsburgh. And I got so far as to unwrap it from Saran Wrap, and um, no one would play it with me. <laughs> you can play it solo. I have it on good authority. I mean, yeah, but like, I'm not going to play it in a room of 30 people and be like, I'm just going to sit here by myself and play this game, guys. <laughs> if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it on my phone. That's true. That is a good way, a better way to do it. <laughs> I wish I could describe the game better for people. All right. So I'm just going to say this. If you haven't... It's so hard to describe. Yeah. And even if I say go take a pic, like take a look at a picture of it or something like that, you're going to look at it and be like, um, "Why it's is like this connect the dots?" Yeah, why is this? It just fun looks and- like connect the dots. Yeah, why it- is this fun? There's nothing. There's nothing there. But there's something about the elegance of how the game just plays out and the way the scoring works. Is the score is just complicated enough where there's a lot of ways that you can optimize your score, but you can't really optimize everything. Mm-hmm. But it's also easy enough where you can play and just like have you know, get just a practically zero score. It's impossible to get zero, but I I don't know. Like it's, I think it's going to be the next hot game. I wouldn't be surprised to see this in a lot of people top 10 lists this year. And I am not usually one to predict those because even though I used to be called to the new, I've been doing a lot of newish stuff lately. And this is one that I have not heard a lot of other people talk about. So we'll see. Keeping, keeping your out. You're here to hear first. Speaking of, Kitty, if somebody wanted to get a copy of Next Station London, where did you get your copy of Next Station London from? I'm being a terrible example because I bought it on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) A terrible example. It is not a terrible example. And it's actually where I want to start talking about games because so we're talking about buying games and Mm -hmm. I've gone through many phases of buying lots and lots of games and buying a little bit less games these days. 
And most of the games I buy are probably still from Kickstarter. I'm still getting things from Kickstarter. But when somebody mentions a game, the very first place I go is I go to Amazon and I say, okay, how much is it on Amazon? So to be fair, I did look at other retailers. So because we hosted (sighs) Dice Tower News or Dice Tower Now, whatever we're calling it these days, (laughs) um, because we hosted it for so long, I do like to look at Cool Stuff Inc., see if they have it there. And I will check the Gift of Games, our delightful uh, sponsor. Friend of the show. There we go. That's the word. Um, And so this game... (laughs) I am pretty sure I bought it from England and it got shipped internationally to me. I don't think it is available. I saw it on Game Nerds available for pre-order. It was the only place I saw it when I was buying it. Yeah. So I just But went, I did go look. I just went to um well, I went to Amazon. It is available. Mm-hmm. It'll arrive at my house on let's see Saturday. So uh, it's actually Ooh, that's mine took a couple weeks. This one, our fastest delivery is Saturday, July 23rd, and it is the 18th now. So this could, I mean, I could order and get it now. Um, and but if I go to Cool Stuff Inc., it's out of stock. If I go to Game Nerds, it is next station, London. Um, this is what we do real time. We can tell you it doesn't even show up because autocomplete. No, it doesn't actually show up at all. Oh, wait, wait. No, sorry. I have to scroll down. Um, it's pre-order. It's way cheaper on Game Nerds. Yeah. So Game Nerds, it's $11. And on I Amazon, thought about it's it. $22. And on Cool Stuff Inc., it's sold out. So these are just a few of the different online places. And another place I go that I don't know that as many people go to is Miniature Market. Um, they also have a ton of games. And they have a Next Station London out of stock for $14. So... This is just kind of showing you can go all over the place. If I go to Gift of Games, um, I'm kind of curious what this one is. I never go to their website because I literally lived on the street. So um, I don't know how. Oh, I have to just click the Shop Now button. That makes sense. Next station, London. Um, he does not have it in stock or even uh, in inventory, which makes sense because I don't think it's been widely released yet. So You should tell him to get on it, though. I, I think I sh- like it is one of those games where it's just so easy. Anyone can pick it up and play it, and it's cheap. It's a roll and it's not a roll. It's a flipping right. Um, mm-hmm. I love the twist though of the colored pencils. It and it's so interesting because I love the twist, but it's also limiting in how it's played because most roll and rights are flipping rights. You can play with as many people as you have room for. At the table, you've got sheets of paper, whatever it is. You can play with a ton, a ton of people. But the way Next Station London works is everyone gets a colored pencil. And you start at the dot that matches the color of your pencil. And then you pass the pencils as you play. So while everyone's getting the same cards flipped up, you're starting at a different starting space based on the color of pencil that you have. And there are optional pencil powers that you can use in each game and it makes it just a little bit more fun because you can't end up with the same board as someone else when we're playing railroad inc sometimes you get eerily similar boards you know there was just like oh this is the way these pieces work and often it's not the case you'll see very different ways that people play these games but with next station london it's literally impossible for that to happen 
because of this kind of input randomness at the beginning of the round. Which also doesn't seem to have an effect on final scores. It can, mm-hmm. If you're watching the scores as you play, so if you're playing online, you can kind of see your scores um, each, as each round go. as you go. You can see some pencil colors are going to score higher than others. Um, mm-hmm. For There's a couple reasons, especially when you put the pencil powers in there. But once everybody's played, the scores just kind of wash out pretty easily. They're, they're, it's not, there's no advantage having one color versus the other. But anyways, this isn't about Next Station London. This is about how do you buy Next Station London. And the way you buy this right now is you go to Amazon. And it's the mm-hmm. only place that of the four different places I just checked that you can get this game. And you can name just about any game and go to Amazon and it's going to be there. Now, I'm searching for a game. I'm going to call it Marvel United. And <laughs> <laughs> just just a made made up new just, thing. Just yeah. a made Never up one before. Random one here. Um, first of all, you can actually get the Kickstarter exclusive stretch goals box on here because someone decided to sell it here for only three hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know. It's probably not worth three hundred and sixty dollars. But if I click on the Marvel United uh, base game. With the Enter the Spider-Verse expansion with a Doctor Strange figure exclusive to this bundle, it's a $49 game. This is sold directly from Spin Master. Spin Master's the uh, kind of the casual arm of Simon, and that's what Marvel United is posted under. So this is these companies are selling their own games on Amazon. If I search for uh, Wingspan, I'm going to see, and if I'm guessing correctly this or oh, the brand is stonemeyer games um this looks like this is fulfilled from amazon so it could be anywhere in this case i think they just send a whole bunch of like everyone's sending stock in in this case here but like a lot of the times you are buying from the distributor from the publisher when you're buying from amazon and I don't think that that's a bad thing when I've, I've listened to a lot of conversations with publishers about this type of thing. And it's like, if you want to sell, you want to get your games out there, Amazon's sort of where you have to go first. In fact, Wingspan specifically had, there was a lot of drama about Wingspan when it first came out. They didn't make enough. It was out of stock. But you could still find it on Amazon because there's a particular distributor that ordered, just orders a ton of all these games. And they just put their games up on Amazon. So even though you couldn't get your pre-order from any of these other online sites or your local store or even Stonemaier directly, you could find it on Amazon. And this is why I I go to Amazon first too. Like this is this is where I typically go. Um, Fletcher, where's the last place that you bought a game from? Oh, let me think. I've been gifted so many recently. <laughs> you, you, wait, you plubs buy you, games? You know where you got them from? <laughs> Amazon. Actually, I don't know. I think I think Marvel Champions is the one I couldn't get off of Amazon. I think I had to get that one through another site. But most of my games are gifted through Amazon. Um, I think it's been a long time. I think the last time I've actually purchased a game was from a game store. Um, that was that was for me. Um, and I know that Carmen has gifted me games that she also bought at one of our local game stores um, or or Target. I don't think we bought very many games through Amazon, actually, if I had to guess. Actually, Target is a great example of places to buy games because I always look for games when I go to Target, too. 
Uh, no. I typically have everything that Target has or everything I want that Target has. But sometimes they'll have exclusives. Like when I was doing the uh, Funcoverse stuff, they had exclusive figures that would come in at Target before you could get it anyplace else. So I was like getting um, games at, you know, the Kool-Aid Man figure that you could get only at Target for a limited time. Oh, yeah. I'm, j- I'm just saying he had a pretty cool power. He could smash through walls. Like, that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when you're doing game store purchases, you go to Target, you go to your like local game store. Um, there's a couple, uh, I forget the names of these almost barren mall stores. Um, game paradise, maybe gamer paradise or something along those lines. Um, where it's like buy two, get one half off or something like that. And there's like seven games in the store. So it's like, yeah, buy half our stock and we'll throw one in for free. It's, <laughs> Mall game stores are really depressing for the most part, at least around me. But when you go into these game stores, are you going in because you know you're looking for something specific or are you kind of just browsing and like, oh, this looks cool. This is what I want to get. When I go to a game store, I'm usually just browsing because I want to see what they have. And I'm just interested. Like, um, I mean, I went to a games workshop um, over by, well, where Kitty used to live. um, And I didn't end up buying anything, but I just wanted to go for the experience of it and to see, you know, what was going on. I, when I go to gift of games, I'm typically going because there's a new FFG, either Marvel champions or something Arkham horror has recently come out. Cause um, with discounts and stuff, they're at the cheapest place I can get those games. So I definitely go there. And then I usually impulse buy something else. Uh, we just went today and Zachary now says, I want to go to the game store. So anytime we're downtown, I want to go to the game store. I'm like, okay, because he wants to buy dice. So he'll go and he'll pick he dice, dice out. Like, yeah, the loose dice container, he'll pick dice out. And I'm like, you can have three. And he's like, okay. And he'll pick three dice and he just holds on to them all night long. And then there are more dice on my floor someplace going forward. For you to step on. Yep. So he has an excessive amount. He has this problem where he has to buy dice but he doesn't know what to do with them so they just kind of en- wait that's my problem huh <laughs> chip off the D- old block gotta yeah. teach him to play D. <laughs> exactly but it's it is adorable so he just loves buying dice i'm like all right we can buy dice and i usually just pick up something he needs to play a random. caster if he's going to use all those dice yeah he has lots of d10s so i need something or, or like- play shadow run Oh, I was gonna say if he's got a lot of D10, he can start a vampire game. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's what we do at the game store, and I love going to the game store. Like, I love going in there. I love browsing, seeing what's new. Um, there's a couple games in there that I almost want to buy just because, even though I own them, I know that they're rare finds, and that's another thing you can find at game stores is stuff that's been sitting on the shelf for a while that nobody knows about. So, um. Great Western Trail, first edition, with the expansion sitting there, fresh in shrink on the shelf. I own this game, but I'm like, I really like the first edition better than the second edition. I could buy an extra copy of it right now. I tell myself I don't every single time. <laughs> they have a copy of uh, Cthulhu Death May Die, which is becoming really hard to find. And I'm like, I don't need this. I have everything <laughs> for it. <laughs> But I know it's hard to find. What if I Mike get on the Gift of Games website (laughs) right now? (laughs) Actually, yeah, I just went to Amazon. And so the first person in, you're going to get it. So I just went to Amazon. It's $204 to get the season one of Cthulhu Death May Die. But in my local game store, I could just pick it up for retail price. Now, it's still not a cheap game, but, you know, it's available without a crazy markup. 
Um, actually, I'm going to go to the Gift of Games right now and see if I can <laughs> beat buy it and resell it. it. Um, well, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, does he have it on here? And he does. Actually, this is uh, season two. He doesn't have season one on here. I'm going to have to check to see in store if it's still there. But he has season two for $62, um, where season two is 74 on Amazon. So it's about the same for that. But the point is, like, when you go to your local game stores, they're not checking eBay prices typically. Sometimes they are. It depends on the local game store and the managers and stuff. But um, so you can find some pretty good deals in the clearance section or, you know, if you have a game store that has, you know, um, consignment games and stuff like that, you can get games for pretty cheap at these locations. Now, one place that's just made me think of that I never, ever go to and I just don't is um, Board Game Geek's uh, Geek Market. And it's mostly because it's so confusing to me. Whenever I go to there, I'm just like, okay, there's 5,500 items listed under whatever game I'm looking for, and none of them are the actual game. It's always like some component of this, that, or whatever, or half it's an like expansion. eBay, but worse? It's so bad. It's just so bad. Like, you have to actually scan the prices to understand what the product is they're selling half the time. And so that's interesting. I have had some people reach out on... Um, Board Game Geek saying, hey, I see you have this game. Would you be interested in trading this game for it? I'm like, well, I don't actually have that game anymore. I just don't keep my collection up to date. And it's weird to reach out to a random person and say, can I have your game? But okay. So um, yeah. But yeah, typically Amazon. Typically, I just go to Amazon. (laughs) So but talking of Amazon, um, have you guys heard of counterfeit games? Um, I've heard of counterfeit items on Amazon just in general. I know it's kind of it can, it can be a problem. Yes. I have actually encountered counterfeit items on Amazon before. Oh, I have not. So but. items or or games specifically, just random items? Just items. Just random items. So the way this can uh, happen... Mostly nail-related stuff. Yeah, anything that is sold as super popular has the potential of, poten- mm-hmm. of being counterfeited. And the way this happens on Amazon and why Amazon is such a problem... And over, honestly, they've done, taken great steps over the last couple of years to try to curb this. But the way Amazon works is if I'm small company A, Kitty's small company B, and Fletcher's small company G, um, there's some <laughs> other companies in the middle that are kind of medium-sized, and we all have 10 copies of Wingspan we want to sell. Well, we send them to Amazon to fulfill because they can fulfill it much faster. They're going to do all the shipping, packaging, everything that. But we have to send them the inventory. So we each send them 10 copies of Wingspan. Well, if they're all the same thing, Amazon doesn't care who sent them the the Wingspan. They just want to know, I need Wingspan, so I'm going to grab it and send it out. Well, now Nefarious Company C, see, I went back to that. They have 20 copies of Wingspan that they made in their garage. And they put the right barcodes on it. They shrink wrap it. They send those 20 copies that get mixed in with our 30 copies. And now we have 50 copies of Wingspan. Well, you have a 40% chance of getting a counterfeit copy in that particular case. Now, if you, if you notice it, Amazon will immediately return it. And, you know, there's not, you're not going to be out the money if you notice you got a counterfeit copy. But sometimes you don't notice you got a counterfeit copy. I did this with a Lego set from Walmart. 
and where I ordered a, a relatively expensive Lego set. It was like a $200 Lego set. And I'm putting it together. And it, it, the entire time, it felt a little off to me. But it wasn't until I got to a point where it's like something just wasn't fitting right. So I went to YouTube to see someone else do it and seeing a completely different set of instructions and completely different packaging inside the box that I realized, oh, I was duped. And then as you look closer, you see all these missing, there's no Lego logos on anything and all of this stuff. Um, so that's how wow. yeah, and the Walmart um, marketplace is the same thing as Amazon, where you just have a bunch of individual sellers on there. So Walmart took care of it. I got my money back. There was no no problem there. But for the I could have gone through and did the whole thing and never known I had a counterfeit had I not run into like assembly issues, which is honestly why you buy Lego because you don't have those types of issues. So with Amazon, what they're trying to do is make like a, a certified you have a, you can put certification stickers on the packaging. So when you send, you can certify yes, this product is certified so it doesn't get mixed in with all of these other potential counterfeit products the problem is and most of this information comes from board game insider so steven bon- bonacore ranting he really really had issues with amazon because of terraforming mars it was one of the most counterfeited games on the platform um, but they charge the publisher the seller to get put these little stickers on these certified products so it was really kind of like amazon like oh yeah we can solve this problem for you you just need to pay for it and then, you know, problem solved or whatever. Um, right. I think, yeah, I think it's better now. Um, I haven't heard as much about it, but it's just something to think about. When you buy something from Amazon, you're not always to buying directly from the seller, especially if it says the words fulfilled Amazon. by Amazon. Yep. So just, you know, something to pay attention to in, in those types of things. All right. Off of Amazon, let's talk about other online stores. We alluded to a couple of them. Um, I have a handful that I go to. I typically, honestly, go to the one that Tom Vassell is pushing at the time, uh, which used to be Cool Stuff Inc. <laughs> and now it's Game Nerds. I will say I hate Cool Stuff Inc. Like, adamantly dislike their website. Their motto is Cool Stuff in Stock. It's a lie. They're always lying. There's, it's, it's always there's out cool, of stock. Is, is yeah. it not cool stuff or is it not in stock? Cool stuff, no stock is is what their motto should be. It's so frustrating. And it's such a bad website to use too. When I because I used to use this for research all the time, trying to figure out and it's not like there was a better resource at the time. I don't know. At least I couldn't find one. What was being published that week? What was being released that week when you're doing Dice Tower News was miserable trying to figure this out and trying to wade through all of these websites, trying to figure out that information was just a nightmare. Well, there's other issues too that like Game Nerds has this problem. Actually, Miniature Market is probably a bigger one where they'll release. It's like, okay, I want to go to new releases and there'll be a thousand new releases. And it's because like every miniature that was released has its own skew and every magic card that was listed as it's an individual thing has its own skew. And you're just like, I can't wade through all of this stuff. It's a terrible browsing experience. You have to know exactly what you're looking for. And that's the only way to like go through those sites. Every expansion. And then if they are re-releasing a version of the game, it doesn't even have to be a new edition. Just this is a reprint. We are reprinting this game. It gets marked as a new release because it has a new skew based on 
the old that, game has been out of print for a while and you have to know you just have to know these things that was yeah. the worst now what we're talking about specifically is browsing games like we just talked mm-hmm. about how we use amazon all the time we don't use amazon to browse for new games like it's just not a good place. i don't use these other things either though i if i'm going to browse for games i'm going to do it in person. Oh, yeah. Jay actually mentioned he went into a cool stuff. I did or this. on Kickstarter. Um, yes. Sorry. I I was getting to Jay's Go point ahead. on cool stuff, and then we're going to come back to your point. But Jay mentioned mm-hmm. going to a Cool Stuff Inc. in Jacksonville. I'm assuming Florida. Um, I actually went to a Cool Stuff in Florida as well. And essentially what it is, is it's a few tables, a few hotness games on the walls and then like a half a dozen computers where you can go onto their website and buy games like (laughs) it it was so disappointing like i was so excited to go to like the mega center of cool stuff inc and i'm like no it's just a computer terminal and that's how you get your games it was it was so sad it was just depressing um yeah game nerds is a little bit better they (laughs) it feels like the engines are pretty much the same though when i go to game nerds and um miniature market they're really, really similar in in how you navigate them. Uh, but They're probably both like WordPress sites designed by the same team. <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably um. Oh, what's the other one? Um, Shopify, Squarespace, or Shopify, or, or Squarespace. It's it's got to be something like that. It's got to be one of these kind of you know. It doesn't look nice enough to be Squarespace. <laughs> no, it's it's probably a Shopify site of some sort. Um, but it's still, it's like, eh, if I know what I'm searching for, it's easy enough. I'll take a look at it. But only after looking on Amazon. Um, because if it's on Amazon, it's just easier to get it on Amazon. So I just typically do it there. Uh, miniature Market, I'll do that one for my paints and paints and miniatures. But they actually are, have a full game um, like game catalog and stuff. They're, they're as much a game store, online game store, as any of these other sites we talked about. And this is a site that I've discovered probably last year. Um, the game Stuart. This one's interesting. Um, game nerds is, yeah, that's what I meant to say. I think game nerds and cool stuff, Inc. and miniature market. Those are the ones I, I will look at. Uh, but the game Stuart, this is a site that specializes in Kickstarter games. So you want a game that was on Kickstarter and you want to get like the Kickstarter packages with the Kickstarter exclusives and all of that. Well, you can go to game Stuart and do that. Of course, there's a markup. And the more in demand it is, the more the markup is. It's almost like if you're familiar with options trading, that's what the game store deals <laughs> They're in. They're doing, yeah. Yes. They're making a bet on what the price of a game will be at a How familiar are you with point. futures and commodities? <laughs> that, that's what this is. It's like literally is that. Because if the- you are unfamiliar, go listen to the Planet Money episode where they talk about uh, that movie that movie and that's how the game story that, works that movie that movie What's, you know the movie uh um, i don't uh uh-uh. now what she's gonna movie? she's gonna google it and let us know um trading places that's a tv oh, show oh yeah it, no it's no, trading um, spaces is a tv show trading places oh. is a movie about yeah. the stock market but i believe i've never heard of that i'm googling it oh my it's gosh. good it's an old movie um, but no, but basically the way the game store works is they order, like they'll buy a bunch of games from the Kickstarter. And if you buy it shortly after the Kickstarter ends, you're not going to pay much of a markup. But the f- closer you get to release, the higher that markup is going to go. And then once it releases, the price quickly adjusts to whatever the market value of 
that game is. Now, when you buy from the game store, you're not buying, they don't obviously have the games in hand. So you're still pre-ordering this and you sit, like they take your money and they're sitting on your money for the entire time that you're waiting for your game to come in, just like Kickstarter. Um, But sometimes it's not a bad deal because you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like this game. I'll wait for reviews to come out. And it's like, oh, I I think I really want this game. If you go to GameSort fast enough, you can actually get it at a much cheaper value than what you could at like eBay or something like that, which is another place to buy Kickstarter stuff. Um, The episode 471 of Planet Money, the Eddie Murphy rule. So this is this is how the game steward works. I I remember that episode. It's a good episode of that podcast. So, and you can always go to eBay and buy these things aftermarket and stuff, but typically eBay, you're not going to get a deal. Um, you're going to get the price that people are willing to pay. Um, in something like the game steward, I've seen them have prices that are, you know, reasonable. I would say, you know, the markup is like anywhere from 50 to 250%. So, and depending on the I game, that could be good or bad. I guess with the game steward, I don't know about them, but it feels like if you're going through a business, you are less likely to get a counterfeit or a not actually the Kickstarter edition or whatever else somebody wants to send you a box of rocks on eBay because <laughs> eBay's customer service is like, oops, <laughs> they're that a little was a bit, bad choice. Huh? Yeah, they're kind of brutal <laughs> to the sellers. It's actually scarier to sell on eBay than it is to buy. But yeah, it's it, the game store seems to have a very good reputation. I've bought two things from them. One of them was after the Kickstarter shipped and I got it immediately. The other one I paid for over almost a year ago and it's been out in the public for almost a year and I still haven't gotten it because apparently they haven't gotten their full shipment from the publisher, which does not surprise me, but I'm still like, well, anytime now my, my passion sort of waned on that game, but maybe if you show up, I can get excited about it again. So um, they say that they've, supported 1,718 Kickstarters. So you have a pretty decent chance of finding the games that you might have missed on Kickstarter there. And they do sell out fast. Um, but, you know, if, if there's something you missed and you want to check it out and you want to get back in on, on it, like Final Girl, for example, this um, second season, you can get all of season one and two. Um, what are they selling it for? Is it 219? Something along those lines. So, like, it's not terrible as far as in relation to what the price was when you could buy it on Kickstarter. So those are the types of things you can do on the game store. Another place you can buy games um, if you you know don't want to keep giving Kickstarter your money. But speaking of Kickstarter, you can now do GameFound, which that one's been for a while. And now BackerKit is becoming a full-fledged crowdfunding site. But GameFound deals with games. BackerKit is a direct competitor to Kickstarter. They'll have any project. Um, most people who were using Kickstarter were using some kind of backer manager to like f- for fulfillment and backer kit was one of the more popular ones. So they're like, you know, we're doing this anyway. Let's just do entire crowdfunding campaigns on our site. So now you have many different crowdfunding sites to compete with, compete against. Um, Kickstarter really shot themselves in the foot with some of the weird things they were trying to do over the last year. Like it's hasn't been well received. <sighs> I don't know. I I feel like the pandemic also really messed up Kickstarter because anything that was in that window of like it finished its Kickstarter campaign pre-pandemic and then is trying to fulfill in a (laughs) post-pandemic world is really not doing well. Yeah. And I kind of fell off from 
you know, following Kickstarter for a while there, honestly, I think because I stopped getting my stuff for a while here, you know, I'm waiting on all these games and I, I still get communication from them. It seems like they're going to come, but you know, yeah. there are a lot of games that I, I get <laughs> updates. Here's an email I recently received. Hello, adventurers. Deeply sorry. <laughs> First phrase. That's you know, it's just like, start. oh no. <laughs> um, d- yeah. Uh, health and transparency. Yep. Yeah. It's I. I'm. I've been backing a lot fewer Kickstarters recently, just because. Well, a. I'm trying to like cut back on spending money, um, and it's really easy to spend a lot of money on Kickstarter. As I'm scrolling down. And- Ooh, here's a good one. Action required. Sorry, guys. I have to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> Said the magic word. Yeah. But like, so I'm trying to scroll down. Like, it's been a while since. Um, wow, I really haven't backed games in a long time. There's a few here that, you know, I got any of the tiny epic things I immediately back. I backed ARCs because it's, you know, leader games. And I'm like, eh, it can't suck. It can, but it might not. Um, but like Marvel Dice Thrones, that one just recently fulfilled. That one was backed, I want to say October of 21. That was not too bad. That did a pretty decent thing. Edible gummies. I will never get this because I refuse, absolutely refuse to pay $45 to ship gummy bears. I'm not going to do it. Like, just take my money. I don't care. I'm not going to, this is sunk cost at this point. I'm not spending $45 to ship gummy bears. Um, there's a few... Uh, Simon games that haven't yet fulfilled, but I've never been bitten by Simon, and I don't expect to be. I did not partake in Marvel Zombies, and I think whatever powers that be that I didn't, because the shipping on that is insane. Um, but and then there's some chip theory stuff though, where they keep the uh, the shipping down really low somehow. Um, mostly they just overproduce their games, and then they can absorb the shipping into the cost of the the games price itself um jay's giving us a tabletop bellhop your cardboard concierge here's your answer to your gaming um gaming and game night questions so this is a apparently a good place to keep up on games that's the uh tabletop bellhop Hmm. i'm adding that to my list of things (laughs) (laughs) this is why we do that's why we have live audiences um all right here's a loaded question fletcher When's the last time you bought a game at a convention? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> That's not even fair. You know, the, never. I've never purchased a game at a convention. You're like, I refuse. Convention games, I, bah. I've never been to a gaming convention. We're going to get you there eventually, I promise. A board gaming convention. <laughs> board gaming convention. Kitty, I know you buy games at conventions. And sorry, I'm changing my address on GameFound. But yes, oh. I buy games at conventions. <laughs> so I'll answer for you in that I like buying games at conventions for two reasons. Uh, three reasons, I think. One, I can typically play the game before I buy it. So I play it and like, oh, this seems interesting. Yes, I want to buy this. Two, you're typically buying directly from the publisher. And that helps them out because they get to sell these you know, games, they get to get some hype and all of that through it. And three, also related to the publisher, it's expensive to have booths and travel to conventions and get games there. And they don't want to go home with games. So I feel like I'm helping the gaming industry anytime I buy something from a convention. Um, So even though I'm not going to any conventions 
this year, probably. I might go to Game Hulk on. Um, I, I look forward to going back to conventions and coming back with like a haul of, of games. But I, I, I mean, I just miss buying games through conventions. I really do. I really love going to conventions and seeing different games than I would see at my local game store. And I just, I, I like the, it's a much more tactile experience than shopping online. And it's been fun finding things through BGA and wanting to pick those games up. But it's not the same as being able to browse and see the components and touch the pieces and hear someone who's excited about the game describe it to you. And sometimes halfway through the description, you're like, oh, this this isn't for me. But <laughs> sometimes you're like, oh, absolutely. Like <laughs> and it's I don't know, it's it's a fun experience. And I'm very excited for Fletcher to get dragged along to a gaming <laughs> convention with us at some point. So yes. I, I've already talked about we're not going to Gen Con and I still have my badges and there is one promo. So this is another reason why you might want to buy games at conventions and that's for the promos that you can often get with conventions. And there's one promo that's going to be at Gen Con that I absolutely cannot live without. My life would not be fulfilled if I didn't have this particular promo. And I've been tempted to spend $150 round trip in gas and time and whatever just to buy this promo from Gen Con. Walk in, buy this one thing, walk back out. Um, I'm not going to do that. But if anyone is going to Gen Con and wants to buy a copy of Marvel United X-Men, I'll pay for the copy of X-Men. I just want the, um, I believe it's Jaguar's hero cards that are they're giving away. There's a hero they're giving away an entire hero as a promo, not the figure because the figure's already in the game, but like the the hero side of it, like a deck of twelve cards. And I just, I need, I need it, I need it, I need it. <laughs> so what I'll end up doing is going to eBay and buying it on eBay for whatever anyone wants to ask for it, because that's just what I'm going to pay for this. Um, yes, what I'm saying, yes, Mike, I am saying that you get to keep the game, I get the cards. And I will even pay you for your time. Like I, I'll, I'll give you a premium. I'll keep the game and and I'll get you an expansion or something. I just want this. I just need this card. Pay, need pay for the shipping. <laughs> I'll, I'll got the shipping. I'll cover that. It's all good. <sighs> yeah, this is this is my problem. This is my life. This is what happens when you have like all of one thing, and then there's this one tiny rare piece that you don't have, and it'll drive. This is you why nuts. I don't start. <laughs> <sighs> They don't make meds strong enough to get me past this particular OCD thing I have. <sighs> All right. The last way we need to talk about buying games is direct from the publisher. And in a lot of ways, I think this is probably the right way to buy games. Just go to the publisher, buy it directly from them. They're going to get the biggest profit. You're going to make sure you're going to get a you know a guaranteed version of the game. Don't They're you want to support to- your local game store? That's the well, so. There's two reasons why buying from the publisher is a tricky one. One is you go around the local game store, and the thing is, the publisher has an incentive to not discount the game on their site because they, they don't want they yeah, don't want to a lot undercut. Of times they can't right. They, they don't want to undercut. So if they sell the game for $50 and that's the retail price and the publisher selling it for $40 on their website, why are you going to go to a game store and buy it for $50, right? It's just you have to sell it at the retail price 
if you're a publisher because you're setting the retail price. Otherwise, set the price for a different amount. So you really are just giving the publisher more money, which again, that's probably the number one reason to do it. Um, I think the second reason, though, is sometimes it's just the best. It's, it's like the easiest way to get a copy of the game. There are some games where you can only get them from the publisher. Chip Theory Games, I don't think you can buy them any place else besides chiptheorygames.com. And I mean, you can buy aftermarket, secondhand copies, whatever. But um, mostly, that's if you're going to go online, that's where you're getting it. You're not finding them at Amazon or any of the other online markets. And I'm not even sure I've seen them in local game stores because they're so expensive that I don't know that local game stores you know bother carrying them. I'm sure there's exceptions, but I, I have not seen it. Um, so I don't know. I I like Stonemeyer has a program where you can be a Stonemeyer champion, and it's uh, it's X amount of dollars per year, but you get early access to pre-orders, you get discounted shipping, and you get twenty percent off or something like that. Um, anything you buy, and it's a really good deal. If you like Stonemeyer games, you should be a champion because then you just get everything early and cheaper. Like, there's no downside to it. You're going to make your money back if you want all of Stonemeyer stuff. If you don't, then maybe it's not that great a deal. Because if it's like, well, I like a couple other things, but I'm not going to buy everything they have, then you wouldn't want to be a champion. Um, and I see more and more sites kind of doing this, where they're kind of building these loyalty programs direct with the publisher. And I like the concepts there, but I also understand it breaks that three-tier distribution model of publisher to distributor to retailer. And you just skip the distributor and the retailer, and you don't save any money by doing that typically. So I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on on that? Like in any any industry, really, but you know, we're talking game industries at the moment. I mean, I'm I'm you know, I'm fine with it. Wherever you want to buy the game from is is fine because I mean the publisher's getting a cut, um, no matter where you buy the game from. So just you know, pick and choose your battles and who you want to support more and, um, you know, whatever's most convenient and who has it in stock, right? Like those might be like the deciding factors. Well, yeah, it's like basically who do you want to give that cut to, right? Someone's making money off of this transaction. Do you want to give it to the local game store? And sometimes you do, because honestly, a lot of local game stores, there's more to it than just buying games. Um mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, if you're buying from Amazon versus the publisher, buy directly from the publisher. You know, unless right. you're getting a crazy good deal on Amazon, you're going to get the game probably just as fast. Now, shipping does come into this, right? Because a lot of us have Amazon Prime, so everything looks like it's free shipping. If you don't have Amazon Prime, then shipping is an extra premium on top of that. And buying at your local game store could be cheaper just because of that particular aspect alone. Uh, Mike Finley also makes a point, uh, which I forgot to bring up, that a lot of times publishers um, don't sell copies of their game. They, you know, if you go to their website, it'll be like, you'll find the where to buy. It'll say like, oh, you buy it at Target, buy it at Amazon, buy it at, uh, you know, Game Nerds or whatever. Yep. Um, But they won't actually um, sell their own copies of the game. Yep. And they do this because they want to keep good relationships with distributors. Because distribution is still where most of the sales is happening. Um, I think so. If you ever want to know about the inside industry, there's two things I would have you research one or listen to, listen to, read, whatever. Um, 
Board Game Insider is a decent place to hear about how like the publishing industry works in general. That's Stonemeyer and Portal, not Stonemeyer, Stronghold and Portal Games talking about kind of like the behind the scenes stuff and answering questions and stuff. But honestly, the best place to go is Stonemeyer's blog where he just puts out annual reports and he will say, I sell way more copies in retail distribution. I make way more money anytime someone buys a copy from me. And so he needs to sell, you know, something in the neighborhood of three retail copies to make the same amount of profit as one copy sold directly from his site. So there's this trade-off that the publishers are trying to walk to where they don't want to anger the retail distribution chain. But at the same time, there's like, well, we have to do what is in our best interest as well. And, you know, not a lot of publishers can go fully online and go the other route that Mike mentions, where some designers only sell their own products. Like you can't, like Chip Theory Games, you can only get through Chip Theory's website. Um, so it it's, it, and this is actually how Chip Theory does a lot of their um, shipping subsidies and stuff like that, is they make so much extra profit by not going through traditional retail that they have that extra money they can pay for shipping and and stuff. Because if you were to pay for actual shipping... So if in case you don't know, Chip Theory Games, neoprene and poker chips, that's all their games are. Like this heavy cardboard, heavy neoprene, heavy poker chips. And whatever you buy from them, shipping is $10, which is absurd because it costs a ton more than that. If you were paying actual shipping with what they're selling, you're going to be spending $80, $90, $100 to get this stuff shipped to you in some cases. So they can subsidize it all because... You know, they are taking all of the profits from that production. All right. A couple of questions. Um, John asked, what about buying at yard sales, thrift stores? Um, you you talk about used bookstores. Someone mentioned half-price books. Um, secondhand Charlie's I've seen games at. Um, these are all great Goodwill, places. Salvation Army. Good. Yep. These are all places where you can kind of go and find gems maybe. Um, but it's it's kind of rare to find hobby level gems of games because most of the times if you're in the hobby you're probably not donating something to goodwill like i'm not going to find too many bones loot chest at goodwill right no matter no matter what i'm never going to see that um unless somebody is like died and bequeathed their entire collection to somebody and they just donated the entire collection like that's that's your how you're going to find like hobbyist games at a goodwill or something um but they all are going to have a ton of different games and a ton of games that you may never have heard at heard of. You're going to find some good stuff there. So um, I don't go shopping at Goodwill. Sydney does all the time um, for various reasons, but she loves Goodwill. She loves any thrift store. She loves to go thrifting. Uh, so I should tell her to like, keep an eye out for games, but she would look at me and be like, you have enough games. I'm not going to buy you games. It's my time, <laughs> not your time. <laughs> So, I don't know. Kitty, what is your experience with, like, secondhand stuff, used stuff? Especially now that we have kids, right? Like, why buy new games for kids? Because they have all the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> for how long, though? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a mean mom. I make my kids clean up their stuff before they get oh, on another terrible. thing. I know. <laughs> so rude of me. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I think... Um, I don't know. I also really only get my kids games for like gift giving occasions. Maybe if I got them more like used games or secondhand games, it wouldn't feel like I needed to give them as like presents or more things. I also like to get them as souvenirs. We're really into souvenirs that are um, 
more than just like a keychain or a stuffed animal. So like when we go to the museum gift shop, um, my sister actually picked up, what was it? Topple T-Rex. And it's a T-Rex kids board games. So we get those as um, souvenirs instead of, you know, like I went to this museum and all I got was this dumb t-shirt kind of things. So, so that's why I buy new games for my kids mostly is because I don't do it that often, I guess. So it yeah. seems like I'd rather buy new games less frequently because once again, too, I'm kind of picky about the games that I get for my kids, just like I'm picky about what I get for myself and picky about what I get for my kids. So I like to get them games where it's less take that. It's more cooperative. There's more focus on actual skill building and less just roll your die, move that number, draw your card, move to that color kind of stuff. So I, I guess if you want to be picky, you don't get to just pick up whatever you happen upon. And that's kind of how the, the secondhand market seems to work. Yeah, I think the secondhand market, especially when we're talking garage sales and Goodwill, um, Toy Factor games maybe not too bad because even if all the pieces aren't there, you have you can like gut it for toys and figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. But honestly, my kids have too many little tiny toys anyway. So I'm like, it <sighs> sounds like a good idea in principle or in, in theory and in, in practice. It's like, I, you just, you don't need more junk. As soon as it's not in the box, it's and junk. And I do just, you know, like you keep your eyes out. You never know when you're going to like come across a gem. You never know. Maybe you will be at Goodwill one day and find the thing that you said. You never know. And, you know, <laughs> if you're going there for other stuff, keep an eye out. Look, check it yeah. out. Maybe you'll find a cool kids game or some other thing that you're looking for. But well, Mike mentioned just he's don't like, count on it. <laughs> like looking for dice too. Like dice and spare components is a good way. Like you could find things mm-hmm. in Goodwills and stuff. All right. A few shout outs. I before we started recording, I asked people where they have bought their last couple of games. So I want to shout out some of these places that are mostly local game stores. Um all around, but uh, D6 Games, Games by James, and Game Universe. I'm assuming that's in Wisconsin and Minneapolis, um, Minnesota areas. Uh, Gamers Rounds in New Berlin, Wisconsin. Irresistible Force Games in Besbin, Australia. Don't know who that could be, Miles Clark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. In Naperville Goodwill and Treasures in Naperville, Illinois. Um, oh. Let's see. Someone in my old neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, Half Price Books. Um, let's see. Best in Chicago area are Schomburg and Bloomingdale, if they're ever there. Uh, so Half Price Books in Schomburg and Bloomingdale in Chicago. I will shout out Dice Dojo in Chicago. It's probably one of the best game stores that I've been to. Half of it is just you know packed with games, and the other half is packed with a game library and just tons and tons of tables. So um if you're ever in Chicago and you want to go up to the north side, that's where you'll find the best game store in Chicago. Way on the north side. <laughs> Way on the north side. But you can just jump the red line and you know jump off at Berwyn and it's no problem. You're right, you're right there. Chicago's a big, 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 big area. Um and then a lot of the different uh online sites that we mentioned as well. So yeah, so anyway, that's Buying games. I know we've done a, an episode on not buying games, but we've never really done one on like where do we get our games from. And I like to say I feel guilty, but I think Amazon's probably my number one. Uh, Fletcher, you have homework, so oh. between now and next week, you need to go into a Target and buy a game, and then you're going to tell us about it next week. What game you <laughs> bought and why? 
<laughs> okay. You're you're down I'm, the street from a Target. I know you're not that far away, and they have a great selection of games. So they do have a really good selection of games. Yep. So now you have a project where it's like, okay, I just need to buy one game. I'm going to go in, follow these games. I'm going to buy one. And, you know, something that you and Carmen might like and you might be actually, you know, fun to go and play. I will. I will do that. And I'll uh, when Car- when Carmen's like, why are you buying a game? I'm going to blame you. Chris told me I yep. had to. Homework. <laughs> Podcast homework. homework. <laughs> Got to do it. All right. On that note, why don't we thank some patrons and then do something post credits? I don't know what it's going to be. We'll, we'll find out. Maybe buy some games. Why don't we hurriedly navigate back to the show notes? Because you would think <laughs> I've memorized this, but I haven't. And I've been managing my Kickstarters over here. <laughs> okay. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, but I don't know if they're proud of us. Some <laughs> days. Uh, they don't even know we exist. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights at 830 Central or join our Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in the show notes. You can email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. Or click the link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Dina Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Michael Finley, Stephen Falcon, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. Until next week, keep, well, and thank you to everyone who's been a patron. I tried doing this without reading, but this is the problem. It's so hard. <laughs> and, and, and yes, thank you. Um, until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, so we're going to answer a email that I, as you guys were reading the Patreons, I'm like, oh, crap, I should go see if we got any new Patreons. We haven't. Um, again, thank you to all of our future patrons. Hint, hint. Um, but anyway, the question was from Jeremy Fisher, where's the Discord link? He says he's searched everywhere and can't find it. It is the very first link. So if you're looking at any of your podcatcher things and you look at the notes and you see things like, hey, we're talking about this and blah, blah, blah. The very first thing is join our Discord, click here, and then we have a link. Um, if you don't listen to us on something that where you can see the notes, just go to our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and you will see it as the first link on any of our uh, episodes. Yeah, that's what we call these episodes. So join our Discord. It's a lot of fun. Um, We are going to have a Discord-only tournament probably fairly soon. Uh, So I I tell you that now. I'll tell you at the top of the show in in the future just so that, you know, 
because we like Discord. And there's a lot. It's very lively. And I, I'm number one. I talk on it all the time. So if you want to talk directly at me and tell me I'm wrong, that's where you can do it. Kitty and Fletcher, you guys can do that here. I, I Yeah. I just text you in person. That works. Tell you you're wrong. <laughs> all right. Good night. <laughs>